0: reduces weight which we all need i know i do while remaining supportive and breathable hard to find that combo the two-way v4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way v4 at newbalance.com on this episode of this league we have a special interview with youtuber turned boxer jake paul fucking sick interview please Maybe one of the best interviews that I've ever done. We also talk about LaMarcus Aldridge and some of the recent news out of Brooklyn. Very sad, very tragic story. We also get into how Luka and Cuban hate the play-in tournament because they are bitches. I mean, that's pretty much it. Shocker. Dig deep on Jamal Murray's ACL tear and what it means for the Nuggets title hopes. And of course, Jokic's MVP odds and more. So the news broke right before we recorded this this morning. So yesterday morning, for those who are listening on Friday. Yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge, 15-year veteran, seven-time All-Star. All all of a sudden, Sham's bomb comes through. L.A. is retiring.
1: Yeah, I mean, just absolutely shocking. Came out of complete nowhere I mean we didn't even really know he was struggling last night other than I mean he kind of got bodied but like yeah I mean it's this awful story I feel terrible
0: it's insane so the reason why is that he's been suffering for from an irregular heartbeat following the last game for the Nets and I mean nothing is more frightening I personally have this issue to a degree as well where your heart just starts racing for no reason mm-hmm. and as a basketball player not
1: good it's pretty important organ
0: pretty important to have it functioning properly yeah um so yeah i don't i don't question lamarcus putting his health first i don't question him he probably went to the doctor and the doctor said this is serious you should probably get some tests done and he was like you know i just don't feel right so i'm gonna hang it up which like you said was shocking shocking decision to make on a team you're playing for a team that you're probably going to finally get a title at some point if you yeah. play Nick this year or next. And he just decided that I'm good.
1: It's weird. He just straight up announced retirement. He kind of took, there were a lot of people on Twitter, like Chris Bosch was trending people talking about the similarities, but Chris Bosch kept the idea that he was going to play alive for like three years.
0: He had a documentary where he was talking about coming back. So. Yeah.
1: And for after just a short hospital stay for all just, just release, you know, his retirement statement, that's, that's probably the weirdest thing about this story to me. Like he must've been thinking about it a little bit.
0: Yeah. And he's older than Bosch. What did, what did his uh, retirement statement say? Can you read that?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. He goes, uh, my last game I played while dealing with an irregular heartbeat. Later on that night, my rhythm got even worse, which really worried me. I've made the difficult decision to retire from the NBA. I'm thankful for everything this game has given me. I thank Portland for drafting a skinny Texas kid and giving him a chance. The city of Portland has given me some unforgettable years. They will always remain in my heart. You never know when something will come to an end, so make sure you enjoy it every day. I can say I did just that.
0: Yeah, I mean, remember he had that terrible performance against the Lakers when the Lakers for no reason threw them the nets out yeah they were not unmanned and the lakers were and all of a sudden they got blown up by 25 something like that yeah it was ugly i don't think
1: it was quite that but it was ugly. was
0: ugly and lamarcus said i have no idea what's going on i just can't play defense i just can't get it right
2: yeah
0: um also there's some rumors or i guess whispers that this has to do with his covid diagnosis
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard people have had problems. Like we see Jason Tatum uses an inhaler now before games uh, after recovering from COVID. So there there may be something to that. And that's damn scary.
0: Yeah, it's really scary because these are elite athletes and they're struggling. So what does that mean for people who aren't elite, people who do not take care of their bodies or look at their bodies on a day-to-day basis like this? It's tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a Portland fan, I have mixed emotions about L.A. LaMarcus Aldridge, that's what we called him when he was there. Yeah. First and foremost, Portland doesn't get tremendous talent. We don't draft typically outside of Damian Lillard and LaMarcus Aldridge. And, of course, we ended up getting Brandon Roy. But that ended painfully. Like, his health was awful. Greg Oden, we've had issues with just people not working out. LaMarcus Aldridge, in terms of his talent level and how he played for us, I would say worked out swimmingly. Oh, yeah. He was the first... I mean, not first, but he was early to the modern big man that was shooting threes regularly, Mm -hmm. um, stretch five. You know, it was interesting. He did not want to be called a center when he played for us. Because we had such a bad luck. We had such bad right. luck with centers that he just would not allow the announcers <laughs> to announce him as a center.
1: <laughs> was he like, hey, go go sign Robin Lopez, please? <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like, hey, uh, I can't have you do this. Like, I forget who it was. J.J. Hickson needs to be the five. And it's like, <laughs> J.J. Hickson is the five. Like, OK, LaMarcus Aldridge. And it was sad when he ended up leaving for san antonio he's from texas so i got it and there were some whispers also that him and damian lillard didn't really function that well together because la very humble very quiet very soft-spoken guy the team wanted him to be a leader a vocal leader he was not willing to do that he did not want to be on billboards and then all of a sudden we got dame and dame very very much willing to Take control of Yeah, beat. he stepped in on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that caused some friction. I, I mean, I wish the best for Lamarcus Aldridge. I have a lot of positive memories as a Portland fan, and I just really hope that he gets healthy. Luca is complaining about things that he doesn't like shocking yeah luca <laughs> luca is bitching about things that he clearly is not happy with which reminds me of every single game I watch luka in. so not incredibly shocking um he told reporters i don't know how this came up but he said i don't understand the idea of a play in tournament pause you don't understand <laughs> right. the idea was, i think you do understand <laughs> the idea you just do not like the idea
1: yeah that was my first thought it's like what do you not understand like this is a <laughs> this is an entertainment company like the like the company is built on entertainment and the entertainment pays your salary and that's the reason you're going to make 400 million dollars or whatever it is or
0: like a 1000% agree sorry
1: luca <laughs> like <laughs>
0: Let's be real. There's a reason that this play-in tournament exists, and there's a reason that this play-in tournament's probably not going away. So he says, you play 72 games to get into the playoffs, then maybe you lose two in a row, and you're out of the playoffs. I don't see a point in that. Yikes. Then a few hours later, Mark Cuban sounded off, talking to ESPN, and he says... He does understand. He gets it. Yeah. I, as an NBA owner, he gets it. I get why the NBA is doing it. But if we are going to be creative because of COVID, pause, not because of COVID. It's because the NBA season at yeah. the end of the regular season is fucking trash. No one watches it because it does not matter. People who are tanking, tank. And people who are solidified to their spot, eight seed and up, they start resting players and getting ready for the playoffs because that's what matters to them. Sorry, mm-hmm. this takes that out yeah. right so he says um I think we should go straight up one through twenty and let the bottom four play in for the eighth seed so basically what he's saying is that one through seven should be should be allowed to right. be solid yeah which for the for those who are not aware of the Western conference standings where where are the Mavericks currently sitting
1: I think they're in the seventh spot. They're
0: in the seventh spot. I think they're in the seventh spot. Yeah.
1: And 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 it's so curious that they waited until they lost three out of four games to make these statements. (laughs) It's so bizarre to me. Like, why? I mean, I know they won last night, but I mean, seriously, they did it after they had lost three out of four games. Like these punks. It was
0: very clearly bitch moves. It very much was like, we do not like where we are standing here because we think maybe Memphis could take us out, boom, boom. mm -hmm. You know? So Yeah, so he said the worst part of this approach is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule. Rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer, teams have to approach every game as a playoff game. Pause. That's what we want. That's what advertisers want. That's what fans want. I'm sorry that you want to rest, Luca. I'm sorry, but no rest for Luca. Then he said playing players more games and more minutes in fewer games. This is an enormous mistake. An enormous mistake, Mark, (laughs) that you and 29 owners all agreed to. Uh A unanimous decision that, yes, we all agree that it is better for this play-in tournament to take place. Because why? More money and more revenue for you, your franchise, your players, and also, what if you're trash this year in a pandemic year?
1: Yeah, and I kind of don't get it. Like, it's not like this was an unforeseen thing. Like, did this not come up in the board of governors meeting? Of course it did. Like, Oh, Hey, this may be unfair for the seventh seed at the end of the season. Maybe like this is very obvious that it could happen. And you know,
0: Mark Cuban thought that the Mavs were going to be better than they were because certainly, yeah, the Mavs were the seventh seed last year. Yeah. So, uh, not a particularly shocking thing. They probably thought they were going to be three or four and they should just be lucky that they're at seven and Mm -hmm. not at 10 and have to literally play to win their way in.
1: Yeah, with how loaded it is. Yeah. With how
0: loaded it is. And also how trash Kristaps Porzingis was playing in the beginning of the year. Like, you guys finally started to pull it around. And you really, truthfully, the only reason we want the Mavs in the playoffs is because we want to see things like Luka did two nights ago. Yeah. Where he, all of a sudden, there's 1.8 seconds left. They're down by two to the Memphis Grizzlies. And Luka does... I don't even know what that was. It was a weird shot. It was like, (laughs) it was a floater, a three point floater. He gets the ball. He gets collapsed on, splits the defense. It looks like not only did he not get the shot off on time, it wasn't a three. And then you watch it back and you're like, holy shit, did get the shot off on time. And his foot was behind the line. Who is this person?
1: It didn't even really look like a shot. It looked like he just like threw it in. It literally (laughs) looked like an
0: underhand spin, like kind of like a throwaway move. Uh And then you watch it back on slow-mo and you're like, oh no, that was a legit floater.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, it was, it was an insane shot.
0: (laughs) Filthy. (laughs) And you know what? Does Luca do that? If they're not playing for their fucking life, who knows? Maybe not. Right. Who knows? That's the main thing is you want as a fan for their uh, players to have minutes late in the season. Like, I do not want to tune in to the Clippers of Kawhi and Paul George aren't playing. I do not want to tune in to the Dallas Mavericks if Luca is not playing because that's not the same team. It's not. Now you are the Detroit Pistons. Like, what do I want to (laughs) watch that for? I don't and I'll just go and the weather will be great yeah. because it'll be late April and I'll be like, go on a bike ride or watch no one on the Dallas Mavericks play.
1: Yeah, the luka Mavs is that's a that's a depressing team to think Disgusting about. Disgusting sight,
0: yeah. isn't it? Oh, my God. So, yeah, I think that really sums up the point. We need to make sure that we see the games be meaningful all the way to the end. So I'm sorry, Luka. No rest for fucking Luka. Fuck your load management, 40 minutes a night from here on out for the man who's probably from another planet, Luka Doncic. Can we talk about how absurd it is, actually absurd it is, that Nikola Jokic is in the MVP race? Like, Ooh. like let's talk about this for a second. Not that Nikola Jokic isn't doing things that make him deserving.
1: You just mean, like, look at him physically?
0: Well, first of all, yes. (laughs) Yes. When you see him physically, we'll get there. We will get there. Yes. And two, 41st pick in the NBA draft. Wild. That is crazy. I remember when the Trailblazers got Yusuf Nurkic in 2017. By Mm -hmm. the way, the Nuggets selected Yusuf Nurkic before Nikola Jokic in the draft, Uh which is absolutely absurd. And then they actually passed on Jokic a second time. They took him their third
2: pick in that (laughs) draft.
0: That is crazy. They were high on him. And... I thought it was going to be great for us when they got when we got Nurkic. I was like, this joker guy. I'm I'm not sure they're very much neck and neck. Yeah. Nurkic well, is kind of like out of shape, but I think he's salty because they're playing Jokic more. Why can't they play these two big men? Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, they couldn't play forever, but if I remember right, I think his first game with Portland he scored like 35 points or something. He looked awesome. And yeah, it he looked did. like it looked like the Nuggets made this just massive mistake that oh, they traded the wrong guy, but yeah, it's just funny thing I remember. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was reading this Wall Street Journal article about Jokic, and it really made me want to talk about this on the show. They called Jokic the single best draft pick in NBA history.
1: That's interesting.
0: He's the odds-on leader to be the MVP. And in terms of MVPs, in the last 21 years, 19 of those players were taken in the top 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for him to be 41st, if you're a statistics major or know statistics about a bell curve, that's very, very far away from <laughs> what normal would be, right? Oh, yeah. In terms of win shares per minute, most productive second round pick of all time. That's crazy.
1: I make, yeah, I, I feel that, yeah. That's...
0: No one, though, like you said, no one looks less like an MVP physically than Nikola Jokic. No. <laughs> Haircut, supercuts. Facial hair sporadically spread around his face in a very strange way. It's gross. Skin, translucent, probably never seen the sun. I call him like a poor man's looking, uh, what's that guy's name? The tennis player. Andre Agassi? Novak Djokovic. (laughs) He's like a poor man's Novak Djokovic. Just his body is like a dad bod at best, right? Just like very fluffy. You see him. Mm Mm-hmm just doesn't even look like an athlete at all, just at all. And yet consistently doing something that big men and guards really just have no business doing. Check out this uh, stat Stat from Stat Muse. Can you read it for me?
1: Yeah, sure. It's uh, Nikola Jokic this season has uh, 26.3 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, 8.8 assists per game, 57% field goal percentage. Uh, only Russ and Oscar Robertson have averaged 25, 10, and 8 in the season. Uh, Jokic will be the first to do it on 55% shooting if he keeps that clip.
0: He's better than guards, and he's seven feet tall, and he yeah. looks like that. He looks like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like in this article, they talk about when he looks like that and he does this. When they say looks like that, that's not good. It's like (laughs) it means his physique is shockingly average for all the things that he can do. So there's this part in the article where the scout is is describing him for the first time that he met him. Right. He found him in a newspaper and like saw that his stats were Otherworldly, and so he was told, like, go pay a visit to Nikola Jokic, go see him, go see the family, and this is what he said: "Nice guy doesn't look good physically." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Nugget staffers also said they had the same impression when he uh, when they looked at him. They said, "A look at Jokic, oh my god, a look at Jokic was all it took to know there needed to be less of him, <laughs> less of him." That's a fat joke. They said Nikola Jokic is a fucking fat ass. That's what they said. That's basically what they said. Nikola Jokic was living on Coca-Cola and they told him never drink Coca-Cola again. They said if we saw him drinking a soda, I would stab him in the eye with a pencil.
1: Oh, yeah. These are
0: real quotes coming from the Nuggets staff.
1: Yeah. It's funny how scouting reports can just be just giant roasts. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, because and, and I think that people give me a hard time on this podcast about the critique that you give, but like, that's basically what we're doing is giving assessments. Everybody already knows what's good, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of, it's kind of like a scouting report in a sense that you need to roast him a little bit. And I think that's right. Like Nikola Jokic, you see him and you're like, no way can he do that? No way. This is also what they said in that article that Jokic decided during the pandemic, he was going to get ripped. He sh- sent a shirtless photo to his GM and the GM said he finally has abs. I've never seen Nikola Jokic with abs. First up, hmm. can we just pause for a second? If you're sending body photos of yourself shirtless to your GM, your weight has been a problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, right? C- certainly you're not just doing that for no reason. <laughs> no.
0: Like it's like if Zion took a photo and sent it to the to, to David Griffin. And it's like, dude, I'm finally there.
1: <laughs> he doesn't do that. He just skips that step and puts him on social. No and doubt. Let people talk about him.
0: And I think some of that is photoshopped because oh, I mean,
1: they've all been very misleading. Like there was that one before the bubble where he was in the mask and everyone was like, oh, he's finally thin. And then he shows up and he's just the he exact looks, same. <laughs>
0: there's very clearly some shading going on or something doctoring going on with Zion Williamson photos.
1: I think they're just sitting there laughing at it. Like, <laughs> oh, they're going to talk about this.
0: Like- <laughs> So they they talked about in this article, like how people found out or had that one moment where they're like, oh, my God, Nikola Jokic is is otherworldly. Do you know when that moment was for you? I mean, I've had multiple moments, but like there was a moment this season that I thought to myself, OK, yes, he should be the MVP.
1: I can't pinpoint a specific moment.
0: There was a game for me not too long ago. I think it was maybe two, three games ago. OK. And he threaded the needle. Bounce pass through two defenders to someone cutting in the lane. But it was like he had to kind of go around. Mm -hmm. He had to almost. It was a left handed pass wrapping around his defender through the passing lane into threading a needle that was collapsing into a cutting guard for a layup. And I was like, holy shit. Did anybody just see that?
1: Yeah. I mean, he whips it. Yeah. Fuck
0: on a string. And then that's like two plays later. It was like a quarterback. He like tossed it over the top of the defense into a place. He was basically throwing his player open. It was (laughs) the player wasn't even close to there. Threw it up to the top and the guy was cutting. Caught it. Layup. Whoa. Then, (laughs) then later on, offensively, he catches the ball on the corner in the three. Kind of faces up like Embiid. Bodies into the guy spins around him baseline dunk. I'm like, this fucking guy.
1: No, he's nuts.
0: This fucking guy. Yeah. I love his game. I always have loved his game, but right now I'm like, okay, I see I see I've got my Dame goggles on, but I see that it's coming clearer now.
1: I'm still uh I'm still in favor of Dame so getting it. Get, yeah, but So am
0: I. And I think the reason why has been because the Nuggets have had too many weapons. They've had Jamal Murray, they've had Michael Porter Jr. They then acquired Aaron Gordon, and now Jamal Murray goes down, ACL injury. Probably going to be out next year as well. The entire next year they're saying.
1: I mean, it looked it looked really bad. That was one of the more gruesome ones we've seen in a while in the NBA. Ugh. Yeah.
0: So, as much as that means for the Nuggets, it also to me means you want to be MVP Jokic. Now's your fucking shot. Yeah. What do you think that's going to happen with the Nuggets? They're now their odds to be a Western Conference uh to be the fi- in the finals for the Western Conference have now plummeted. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's no way that they could win the title now without Jamal Murray. Oh, no. There's no way, I think, that they come out of the West without Jamal Murray. They're now picking up Austin Rivers, which is not a great sign. <laughs> Him and Monte Morris are now your starting guards.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to win a series, like, at all. I mean, right now, what are they, they're, like, the four or five?
0: Yep, Nuggets four, Lakers five, Blazers six.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not beating the Lakers or any of the teams above them. So. so
0: they would play. So one, yeah, they would play the Lakers, right? It would be, that would be not. Yeah.
1: Good. I mean, if it stands still, but I mean, so they're going to have to play either the Suns, jazz Lakers or Clippers first, round, first round, round of the playoffs without Jamal Murray. I don't see a way that team wins.
0: No, Four because, because Jamal Murray was the reason that they came back three, one against the jazz. And that was the reason that they came back three, one against the Clippers. And now He's gone. Yeah. Completely ghost. Gone all next year and it it's a tragedy for the Nuggets but you know not bad for my Blazers though.
1: Yeah. I mean I was nervous about them, for sure. They were going to be a threat. I mean I obviously you hate to see this and you're never you're never pulling for an injury like that but the West uh the West definitely got thinner which is good news for uh teams at the top no doubt. Totally.
0: Yeah. And teams in the middle. What the fuck is wrong with the Pelicans Marty?
1: Uh, lots of stuff. It kind of comes from the top. Uh, but there's, uh, there's some problems on this roster. No doubt.
0: <laughs> if Zion is so good, how are the Pelicans so fucking bad?
1: Um, well,
0: it's baffling. Basically <laughs> what you're saying is that it's baffling.
1: Uh, Brandon Ingram hogs the ball a little too much. Eric Bledsoe's terrible, only cares about his stats, and Stan Van Gundy doesn't seem to have any idea what he's doing, so.
0: Well, and what's interesting about that is this. They're currently five games under five hundred. Zion is the only thing that's dominating the headlines right now. The world, no one wants to say it. No one wants to ask it. If you search New Orleans Pelicans right now, it's all Zion filleting.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? he's been playing incredible the last... Three weeks.
0: They went on a six-game losing streak, then a three-game win streak, and then they lost. Okay, so they're 5-5 and over the last 10. And everybody's talking about how good fucking Zion is, but nobody wants to talk about how bad the Pelicans are. No one. No one wants to say, something's not working. Hey, guys, like, this isn't good. Love Zion. But what's happening? And the roster does not make sense either, because Steven Adams should be able to defend. Zion Williamson should be able to defend. The world somehow says Lonzo Ball defends. Three guys that are supposed to be elite defensively, and they are the l- like worst defensive team oh, in yeah. the NBA.
1: Oh yeah, especially especially behind the line. And I don't really know how you address that or fix it because uh, what can you tell people to do? hey close out better? Like I feel like they know to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This uh, yeah no, it's a it's a crazy team. And and on on Stephen Adams, like I still can't believe that they extended him. You know, I understand like him being in the trade to like offload drew uh but I mean, you can get what he's doing from Jackson Hayes or anyone else that you could sign for like two to five like million, and they just traded him and extended him right away for four seasons.
0: That was nutty that they did that in the off season, and they are now starting to think maybe that wasn't the best idea, especially for the development. Of Jackson Hayes because Stephen Adams is much older than the rest of this roster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, much
0: much older. Stephen Adams drafted
1: twenty thirteen. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, I think Stephen Adams is a much better fit to be a a leader anchor on a team like the Celtics or a team that needs a big like to a degree even Portland with roster flexibility. If we were not at that bunny, yeah. I'm not talking about at that. No, price no, I know, point. I know
1: what you're saying. Yeah,
0: Clippers as well. Um, there's a, a few teams that you could use. That is definitely not the Pelicans. So maybe they're thinking about trading him. I don't know.
1: I, don't, I mean, then why extend it? I, I don't know. Like you had him as an expiring deal if you wanted to trade him or just like let the money go off the books. That was a really bad move and makes me think that David Griffin is, I mean, I mean, he really hasn't done that much right. I know he gets a lot of credit, Can but he really is. Can
0: please talk about that for a second? Sure. David Griffin may be as overrated as Danny Ainge.
1: Mm hmm. Well, <laughs> I don't want to go too deep into the Ainge stuff, but I mean, it, David Griffin, he really has not done much right. I mean, yeah. what, okay, he drafted Zion. Yeah, that was a great pick. Like, well, that was I mean, number one pick. It was yeah. consensus
0: number one. Got super I lucky have...
1: in the lottery to get him. Like,
0: Bro, I would have chosen Zion Williamson. I mean, yeah. The world, you put any fifth grader in there that watched some Duke games, and they choose Ion Williamson number one. Mm-hmm. What did he do? Was it the Anthony Davis trade? Was he even? Was that even him?
1: Yeah, that was it him. Was him. I, I mean, and that was probably his last good move, in my opinion, because he did maximize that, and it was a bad situation. But since then, I mean, okay, so like the Drew trade, they keep George Hill instead of Eric Bledsoe, and I know Eric Bledsoe puts up numbers, but he's god, I, awful. I, I, I hate to use the word cancer, but he is just such. A, a bad presence in a locker room. Uh, the extending Steven Adams. Uh, the I mean, Jackson Hayes has been playing a little better now, but they traded back from four, I think. That they could have gotten DeAndre Hunter, and they traded back to get ja- Jackson Hayes. They've made some really bad moves.
0: Not only did they make bad moves with Jackson Hayes keeping Eric Bledsoe, but also they seem to have this fascination with drafting way more guards than they need and having way more guards than they need. They yeah, have, they're loaded. They have Josh Hart. They have Lonzo Ball. They have Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They're probably going to take another guard in this draft. Yeah. And there's one more. Uh,
1: Eric Bledsoe and, Eric and, Bledsoe. and uh, Kyra Lewis, the yep, ro- rookie, Kyra. rookie from Alabama. They
0: took—why'd you take Kyra Lewis? Why'd you take Kyra well, Lewis? Well, they wanted
1: Halliburton. It's actually funny because they uh, they lost the coin flip with Sacramento. So, like, that could have been their pick if they had won. Which would have
0: co- been tremendous. Yeah. So, I feel—and you know what's also interesting, as an aside, is that Stan Van Gundy has had— eight top ten defenses as a head coach. Eight. That means that he has been elite defensively, yeah. and for some reason, which I have a theory about why, for some reason, he has just become overnight awful at this one thing.
1: <laughs> uh, I would love to hear your theory because I it, it blows my
0: mind. My theory is this, is that Stan Van Gundy made his living in his defensive prowess around packing the paint. The paint no longer matters that much, and they are atrocious at yeah. defending the three, and now people are lighting them up, and the more that the three-point line becomes the prominent way that teams are scoring, the less and less he is good defensively.
1: There's a lot of validity in that, like, because, I mean, he had Shaq in Miami, uh, Dwight in Orlando, uh, he traded, uh, or I don't know who he traded, but he signed, like, Josh Smith right away in Detroit to like build around. I mean their front court was Josh Smith, who's like 6'10, Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond. Like that was and that that, that was like 2014-15 when he rolled that out. And I think so. that was
0: really the inflection point of when the NBA started to change a little bit. It was, too. yeah. So folks, tell me what's going on with the Pelicans. Make it make sense. Respectfully. Stop
2: this, stop this train the
0: yeah. Unbreakable, one shot, Break away my appetite insatiable. I want it all I'm better than ever before. There is no limit, pain and i will I'll be the greatest to ever, do it and ever live. The world might say, uh, this league is a basketball podcast. Um, so why are you doing an interview with YouTuber slash boxer Jake Paul? I mean, first of all, it's Jake Paul. <laughs> Jake Paul has Jake Paul has 60 million followers. So there's been a lot of people in my mentions being like, Why would you interview someone who's not a basketball player? on a basketball podcast, I would also venture to say, "Pardon my take is a sports podcast, and they just had Bill Burr on, who is not. Does, wait, does Bill Burr play a sport, Marty? Uh,
1: I don't think he does, no.
0: No, oh, he's a comedian, right? <laughs> he's a comedian? So another sports podcast having non-sports people on, but of course, you know, the haters stay in the mentions. Anyhow, he did just uh, knock out NBA three-time dunk champion Nate Robinson not too long ago, so I felt like that was a, enough of a thread. I also find him just really interesting as a person. He He's maybe one of the most insightful people when it comes to what it's like to build a brand on YouTube, what it's like to be, I would say, overwhelmingly hated, how to navigate that, how to keep your sanity, and really then how to pivot into a different character altogether and pivot multiple different Disney channel, YouTuber boxer. He's had like three different lives and he's 24. Yeah. So I find him to be very interesting as a human being too. So without further ado, Jake Paul. On today's episode of This League, we welcome Jake Paul. I would say one of the most popular media stars in the world. I did a little digging. If your following was a country, you would be the 60th largest country in the world.
3: Wow. Or 25th. that's an absurd stat. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Uh I guess I guess I might start my own country.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Uh congratulations on the win against Nate by the way.
3: Thank you. Thank you. That was yeah, that was one of the that was one of the best moments of my life. I, I worked I worked hard for it and you know, hard hard work pays off and I I told people, "Hey, you know, I'm going to knock out Nate Robinson in one round or two rounds." And um that's that that's what happened and I'm excited to continue to show people my boxing ability.
0: What was your favorite meme that came out of Nate Robinson? <laughs> uh,
3: I think I think the one <laughs> I love. I love Nate, and Nate's a legend. So I don't. It's nothing. It's nothing really to laugh about. But you know, I, he's taking it lately. So um, I, I think the one where he's on the mattress and they're like talking about discount mattresses, and he's sort <laughs> of like on the mattress.
0: There was another one that I liked where he was on the couch and then Conor McGregor was sleeping in the corner. I liked that one too. That one was Yeah, they're
3: all they're all there just knocked out together. I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's ruthless.
0: Oh man, they are. They really really are. No one knows that more than you. Um, before the fight, there were still di- doubters even though you had a significant height advantage, you had been training longer. This is what you told me uh, prior to the fight
3: really just a dream come true.
0: Are you planning on using your reach to keep Nate from coming inside?
3: Uh, I don't I don't think Nate will even know how to fight on the inside. That's something that, that takes a long time. I think this fight will, will uh, mostly be on the outside. I think uh, it'll be me pressuring him. And a lot of uh, it's going to be like track. He's going to be running around the ring after he gets hit with that, that first couple combinations. And I'm going to close off the ring, uh, cut, cut off the distance and, and finish the fight early.
0: I mean, that's exactly what happened. Did it not? Close off the distance and finish the fight early. Pretty much exactly what yeah. happened.
3: Look, I try, I try telling people, but the people don't seem to like to listen to me when I when I can tell people I can fight. Uh, and again, like the, the same sort of thing is going to happen with Ben Askren and it might even be an easier fight than Nate Robinson.
0: Okay. Wow. So what is your prediction on how this fight is going to go? Give us the kind of play-by-play like you did against Nate.
3: I think I think it'll be the same thing. We'll come out very very early, Nate. Oh, I mean Ben will feel uh, the heat. That he'll feel the 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 speed, the timing, and the power behind my punches. He will realize he fucked up by taking this fight, and you know, less than five to six minutes later, uh, my my hand will be getting raised, um, and and he will be he'll be on the canvas, or or quite literally, he'll he'll just give up, or the ref will have to stop the fight. Uh, Just because of the amount of damage that he'll be taking.
0: Wow. You're a huge UFC fan. Why did you decide to do uh, to take the fight against Ben Askren right after the follow up of Nate?
3: Well, I think after I beat Nate, people were like, oh, you haven't fought a real fighter. And you just beat up a basketball player. Um, (laughs) And I was sitting there like, well, before the fight, everyone thought he was going to win. And I'm just a Disney Channel actor. So, you know, he was the professional athlete, not me. So after that, I was like, okay, people want to see me fight a real fighter. I'll, I'll fight a real fighter. And a bunch of people were calling me out. But Ben Askren was really the only one down to sign a contract and make it happen.
0: Yeah. Dylan, Dana said no at one point in time. And now he's saying that he has he has basically said he's going to fight the winner. Is that true?
3: This is not true at all. This guy, this guy uh, uh, <laughs> has no idea what he's talking about. Um, he, he'd be lucky to get a fight with me. I'm sort of uninterested in, in that fight. Uh, and again, after I demolish Ben, it's like him, him and Ben are on the same sort of level of striking. They, yep. they both, you know, are at that. I don't know what level you want to call it, but that's where they are. And uh, Dylan Danis would be a super easy fight for me. So. I almost think I'm going to want want a harder challenge.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that, too. When you end up beating Ben, people are going to find another way, just like they did with Nate Robinson, is to change the goalpost on you and say and discredit the fight, right?
3: Exactly. So I, I put it on my stories yesterday. I was like, don't forget that after I knock out Ben, that y'all made him the betting favorite. So right now, I'm on a couple of sites, I'm listed as the underdog. And so after the fight, after I beat him, the excuses are going to come piling in and people are going to be like, oh, he wasn't that good and he was old and da-da-da. But before the fight, he's going to beat me. So make up your mind, people.
0: No doubt. And I know I I watched your documentary, uh, the Why I Fight documentary, Sick. I mean, really, really sincere and um, kind of a different side of you, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, you seem like a guy to me that has a plan. You've got a whiteboard, you have manifestations. I am almost certain that there is a fighter in mind, a boxer in mind that you are looking forward to. I know, obviously, this is front of mind, is Ben, that you yeah. you know is the fight that is the inflection point where you get the respect that you deserve. Uh, who is that?
3: I think, I think it's Nate Diaz. I think that fight is on the horizon. I think it's very realistic. And he's expressed interest in it. And he's a fighter that is respected and is, a, is on so many different levels, and is a legend, and is a real dog, and um, and is a great striker. So when we fight, and I beat him, I think that's when people will uh, give me give me a ton of credit, and that's uh, that that'll be dope, you know. Um, and people are watching this, being like, "Oh, you can't beat Nate Diaz. He's gonna kill this little kid." Let's see.
0: Let's see is right. You pranked Ryan Garcia, um, had him hit you in the body more times than <laughs> I would want. Uh, how badly did that actually hurt?
3: Um, I mean, look, he, he, can, he can hit hard. He can, he can hit hard for sure, especially without the body pad on. But that's why I wanted to prank him and act like I broke my rib because um, he's sort of new to the YouTube world. And uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny to s- sort of play a little play a little prank on him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Speaking of the YouTube world, at one point when we spoke in July, I think prior to the Nate Robinson fight, you said that the pinnacle of where the whole thing goes for you was Logan. And now it feels like the pinnacle obviously is much higher. How did that shift?
3: As, as far as like who I'm fighting, you're saying?
0: Yeah, the pinnacle of like where you see the vision for yourself.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's there, there's no limit, you know, to, to where this can go. I just, I just have to keep on proving to myself and proving to everyone that I, I can actually fight and winning these fights in, in glorious fashion. And as long as I show up, dedicate myself and train, then I believe that will happen. And so there, there's really no limit to where this can go. And, um, you know, Floyd Mayweather has called me out. Yeah. Um, Conor McGregor was asked about a fight between us and, you know, didn't, didn't shoot it down. It it expressed a little bit of interest and we're talking in it with his teams and that, that holds true behind the scenes with his interest levels. Um, And so I just want to make history and do, do some of the, the biggest fights that have ever been put on.
0: It feels like you've changed a lot just in your evolution as a person and as a man, Uh, do you think that that trends, I mean, would would you say that that's true recently, like in the last probably 24 months?
3: For sure. No, for sure. Like I'm, I'm constantly evolving. I'm, I love to grow. I love to, you know, self-improve. I think self-improvement is one thing that our generation lacks and I like to get better every single day at every single thing that I'm doing, whether it's interviews, whether it's boxing, whether it's being a better friend, Um, you know, as, as I get older, that all of that stuff is a lot more important to me. And uh, boxing has really helped me mature. And it's, it's helped me stay away from the crazy LA madness and all the sharks and all the bad people there who want to suck the soul out of you.
0: That was essentially where I was going to go was whether you think that evolution happens if you don't get into boxing.
3: I think it happens. I think it just happens at a slower pace. And I think boxing helped me find like-minded individuals who, you know, we wake up on a daily basis and work towards a goal. And it's such a healthy lifestyle and it helped me get away from that Los Angeles scene. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And I've, I've really matured and, and, and grown over the past, you know, two years, three years from, from this sport. And this is just the start. It's
0: cool. You're from Cleveland, big Cavs fan during their title runs. You still a Cavs fan or did you sort of peel off and follow Kyrie and Braun when they went to their new teams?
3: Yeah, no, I I definitely sort of uh, peeled off, you know, growing up, I I was a LeBron fan. So I sort of have followed him uh, to, to the Lakers now and, you know. He was he was everything in Cleveland and growing up and you would see him everywhere. And uh, and yeah, definitely, definitely a Lakers fan as well, because I lived in L.A. So it made sense when he came there for me to for me to root for them.
0: Yeah, you made uh, a comment, I think, on Twitter that if you could do content with any one athlete, it would be Kai. Uh, have you thought about what that content might be if you did something with Kyrie?
3: Um, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I think I would try to dunk on him
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> without him knowing, <laughs> like someone holds up a basketball hoop behind him and I just dunk on him.
0: You love your pranks, man. You are good at them. I tell you what,
3: I gotta, no one is safe.
0: Never. No friend is ever saved from Jake Paul's tomfoolery. No matter how grounded he is, he's still going to get him.
3: And by the way, vice versa, like they pranked me the other day. We're in this haunted house basically in Atlanta and they start playing like they hide a speaker in the in the closet and they start playing like creepy noises. And I'm freaking out. So <laughs> we just live we just live in a in a fun household of uh, of people pranking each other all the time. Do you
0: believe in ghosts?
3: Yes, 100 you- <laughs> percent.
0: I had an encounter with a spirit during a massage not too long ago. It was very weird. Um, top five NBA players that you would want to fight and why?
3: Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I can name five. I think Ron Artest called me out. Uh, but honestly, I I, I don't want to fight any more of them, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They're just now – Just because yeah. –
3: I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody like that, really. And and then they, they turned. The, one of the memes was NBA never boxing again. <laughs> no doubt.
0: So you basically I don't have, want
3: you to stick to their own sports.
0: Yeah, you basically ruined any aspiration for NBA players to fight or box and move over to that arena. Essentially.
3: Exactly. I mean, you can't you can't play boxing, but you could play basketball.
0: Yeah. No doubt. Woo. So you, your song 23 rumored not to be just about your age, but J- Jordan's Jersey number, or was that about bronze Jersey number?
3: Yeah, it was, it was about Jordan.
0: So did just you go ahead.
3: You no, know, just embodying like everything. Like I feel like it, last year was my Jordan year. I was 23. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of Michael and, uh he's an inspiration to me. So sort of was paying homage to to his legacy as well.
0: Did you watch Last Dance?
3: Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I I, I actually utilize like a lot of sort of his mindset um tactics. Throughout my fighting, you know, and just just being present and enjoying the moment um, and, you know, all of the things that that he has has gone through, you know, I, I can relate to a lot of them. Um, so it was one of my favorite one of my favorite documentaries.
0: He had a sabbatical. You said at one point, my passion is not living in social media. You don't realize that until you stop. Have you ever considered taking a sabbatical like Jordan did just kind of walking away? from the social media game
3: yeah yes i have yes i have um i've thought about it tons of times and you know i I don't know um might might be might be something coming soon with that i don't don't know i i'm sort of just exhausted from all this shit and it's it's just it's just toxic there's really nothing good that comes out of social media if you think about it uh, maybe maybe knowing what's going on in like news, but just toxic.
0: Once you've gotten big enough and developed an audience and come monetize, it's kind of like you can step away and and still be okay.
3: Yeah, no, I, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and you know, being being an athlete now, I don't have to focus as much on on socials and. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I I, I think I'm I'm just over social media as as in. as a whole.
0: I can see people around you being like, no, Jake, no, (laughs) like, no, we're not. We'll just do handle it for you. We'll just film you and post it. And, and kind of that kind of thing. I can see people around you. Maybe not, maybe they're, they're more, you know, I think you have a good team around you. It sounds like they want um, the best thing for your mental health as well.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Like happiness is the most important thing. So gotta, gotta prioritize that.
0: You said in that doc that half the world doesn't fuck with you. Half the world thinks that you're different than you see yourself. I think the perception is outside of like us and and anyone who wants to create their own interaction and their own like thought process. Right. Is that you're an asshole. Like that's what the world has said. Um, And in fact, when I got our first interview And wanted to to essentially look into the interviews that you've had. You can feel almost when the interviewer thinks that about you when they're coming in, right?
3: A hundred and ten percent. You know, it's it's a bias for sure, and you can tell when someone has a preconceived notion of you. And you know, it's it's funny because as humans, it's natural to judge, but. I really try to never judge people based off of, you know, what's on the internet because the media and press can say anything and make anything up about anyone. And, and, uh, and I'm obviously, you know, uh, someone who, who has a big target on their back and Um, you can definitely tell when an interviewer doesn't fuck with you. (laughs) Who,
0: who do you want people to know you to be like, who is Jake Paul?
3: You know, I I think at the end of the day, I am a kid from a small town who has a crazy work ethic, who grew up hunting, drinking beer, playing football, <laughs> hanging out with my friends, off-roading, mudding jeeps. Um, you know, that that was my life and I'm I'm still that same kid who has this uh has this passion to become successful so that my kids, kids never have to work because I I really didn't come from anything. And um, I've had this crazy journey and, you know, I'm the first generation of success in in my, in my family. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just chasing my dreams and I have big aspirations and I'm I'm just a chill guy and look, people make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've, fucked up uh, on camera in front of the world watching. Uh, but you know, that's going to happen if you're 17 years old with millions and millions of followers. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm just trying to become the best version of myself on a daily basis and and uplift my friends, uplift the people around me uh, and do shit that people will talk about and, and be entertaining. Um, and that's that's really who I am. And I like to have fun. (laughs) I'm just a kid from Ohio.
0: Do you think that you've leaned into the villain role in the past?
3: For sure. I think I've had to, I think at many points, like I didn't have a choice. Uh, You know, I I don't think I would have the career I've had with, without leaning into it. You know, I saw on, on, on the video, you referenced that you watched earlier. One of the comments was like, if Jake, just talked like this all the time he would have a lot more fans but then he wouldn't be as wealthy and as rich because people wouldn't talk about him you know so it's it's sort of this it's this double-edged sword and you know I, i i'm i'm a villain but i feel like i'm not so yeah it's just like weird it's
0: this weird Tight rope. <laughs> I, get, I get that, Jake. Like I am considered a villain at Barstool and I've done nothing <laughs> to, to deserve that title. But I, I think once it's, once it's there, you kind of just have to like, you can't pivot out of it really. Right.
3: Exactly. It's an uphill battle that you most likely will never win.
0: So I guess just lean in. You said you're a narcissist in content, but not in real life. You think based on what you just said, you think it's easier to grow an audience as the bad guy?
3: Uh, for sure. For sure. You know, uh, good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. And people always like to pay attention to the negative negativity are our t- our, that our society naturally is attracted to negative things and, uh, and to bad news. And so it's, it's, you know, look at, look at people like six, nine, right? Like that it's all negative energy, but he's probably one of the most famous people in the world.
0: Yeah, no doubt. If, if you could have done it a different way, do you think you'd still have done it the way that you did and lean into the villain role?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I have a tattoo right here that says no regrets, uh, but it's spelled wrong. Like, like the movie. Um, (laughs) but yeah, look, I, I don't live my life with regrets and I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and where I, what I've done and what I've accomplished and uh, all the mistakes I've made are, are, are only making me better in the long run.
0: Do you think Jake Paul becomes Jake Paul without being a heel or being that bad guy?
3: No, you know, I, I, like for, for example, this fight this weekend, it's like so many people are interested in it because a lot of people want to see me lose. A lot of people want to see me on the canvas and they want to be like, ha ha, we got the last laugh. The the Jake Paul haters finally won because Jake Paul lost. Um, and And there's a lot of them, but Hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's making the fight bigger.
0: Do you, how do you process that hate? like one of your guys that takes photos of you says that you thrive on it but in other parts of things that I've watched you do not
3: I I think it's uh I think it drives me to work harder and because of that work ethic uh that I see a lot of results but from like maybe an emotional standpoint of like who I am when I you know, look myself in the mirror at the end of the day, I think that's where it could take a toll for sure. Um, so the, it has its, it has its, you know, perks, but it also has its, its down, its downfall.
0: Congratulations on all the success. Uh, like I said, your growth as a human being is, is fucking cool to watch. I take a lot of pleasure in watching you grow, given sort of what's gone on with me and my own personal brand. Um, and being seen a certain way and actually being a different way. So it feels like you found focus and, and balance and happiness, which I think is fucking dope. So uh, I can't wait Thank for you, you to knock Asker in the fuck out.
3: Hell yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I appreciate it for real. And yeah, like come by.
0: That's all the time that we have for the this league podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that Jake Paul interview. It was fucking fire. Uh, please subscribe. <laughs> please rate. Please review on Apple podcasts and Spotify makes a huge difference. Um, Go find us on YouTube. Marty does a a tremendous job of making sure all those clips are up and they're all socially optimized with fire of thumbnails and shit. So (laughs) we also have This League hoodies on sale. Please do not forget to follow us at At This League and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Tune in Monday afternoon for the next edition of This League where we have on a very special guest, Zayak.
2: Okay, picture this.